Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Gary Keane and Andrew McConnell. We talk about their new film, Gaza, which was playing at Hot Docs uh, 2019 here in Toronto. And I had the pleasure and the fortune to uh, have a conversation with them about this important new film. It's a beautiful piece. You're going to want to see this and uh, dig it up if you can. Find it somewhere. If it's not in a theater, it'll be online eventually for sure after it does the festival circuit, Gaza Documentary Dot com for more information there. You'll find out a little bit more about the film and about uh, some of the history behind it and so on. We we talk about why the situation in the Middle East here in this part of the world is so, so misunderstood, and that's an understatement to, to say the least. We talk about the ordinary people behind all of this and why so often we just get this one-dimensional view and, and what are some of the dehumanizing aspects uh, to, to all of this and how desensitized we become to the violence. Uh, Andrew and Gary talk about the forgotten souls of Gaza and, and they talk about the grace and the humor and and how so many of these people have become their extended family and and you're going to want to uh listen in and, and hear that 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 depth and that warmth and that intimacy we talk about why the sea is a character in this film and why maybe just maybe this problem in in the middle east is is just too too difficult to solve or at least it certainly seems like that on the surface. We talk about compromise and about surfing in Gaza and what pulled both Andrew and Gary into this film in the first place. So stay tuned. Make sure you uh, listen in on the conversation, but uh, try to try to find the film as well. Don't forget GazaDocumentary.com. And if you want to find out more information about what I do, DavidPeckLive.com, you can do that about my speaking and, and writing. You can order a copy of Real Changes Incremental through there as well, the book that I published a few years back. And uh, so many more interviews as well uh, on uh, face-to-face live.ca check it out and if you can support the work we're doing financially i would really appreciate that you can do that through patreon.com if you can't do that totally get it 
But uh, you know what you could do instead is leave us a review, maybe a like, maybe a few stars, a few thumbs up can go a long way in this digital world. It's a it's a busy world in the podcasting universe right now. And then don't forget rabble.ca as well for, for more information, um, more articles, blogs, podcasts, and so on. Check, check that out, rabble.ca as well. News for the rest of us. And coming right up uh, about their new film, Gaza, we've got Andrew McConnell and Gary Keane. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by two very special guests here with us today uh, from Toronto, but I'm guessing they're from other parts uh, of the world. Uh, they're here with us today at Hot Docs uh, to talk about their new film, Gaza. We've got Gary Keane and Andrew McConnell with us here on the line today on Face to Face. Thanks for joining us, guys. You're very welcome. Good to be here. So why don't you, you know, typically I, I, I usually assume that most of my listeners haven't seen the films uh, that we, that we uh, talk about here that, that, that maybe may not be familiar with the filmmakers themselves, but they're usually pretty familiar with the issues. I've got a pretty engaged, you know, uh, audience uh, with, a, with a, I would say, a fairly rich global perspective. Tell us a little bit about the film. I mean, the title obviously gives it away a little bit, but, but. As directors and, and uh, having lived with this for, for quite some time, tell us a little bit about about what the film is about. Well, it's a film about, um, obviously, Gaza, the Gaza Strip in the Middle East, which is a, a strip of land that's 40 kilometers long that is um, suffers from conflict regularly because it is under occupation from Israel, and it's blockaded on both sides by Israel and Egypt. Um, and within Gaza, two million, tons of two million Palestinians. And in recent years, uh, it's been ruled by Hamas. And it, it's a sort of, it's a place where people, people are familiar with it because it's regularly in the news headlines when invariably conflict breaks out between Hamas and Israel. Um, so it's a place that people will have heard of, but um, we think nobody really has a clear picture of what Gaza is and what life is like there. Um, and so that's really at the heart of our film and what we've tried to do with the film is to bring people into this sort of um, quite uh, mysterious sort of place and misunderstood place and, and to really give them a clear idea yeah. of exactly how life is there. For the, for the residents. Before I ask you the next question, I just want to say congratulations on the film and, and absolutely loved it. It's, it's, it's always hard to say that a film is beautiful and, and gorgeous to, to watch when it's about such a difficult subject. And, but, but, but it really is. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful film. So thanks. Thank you. No, thanks very much. So you say, you talk about this misunderstanding. So here's the question. Is this a film about the people or about the place? It's very much both. I mean, we set out, uh, and, and hence the name, <laughs> we struggled with what to call it for a long time, and then mm. we went quite, we just call it Gaza, because that's literally what it's about. It's about the, the place Gaza Strip, and it's also about the inhabitants of, of that, that troubled place. And it's, it's very much, we always wanted to, to go into Gaza and tell the story from the people, from the, the inhabitants, from the ordinary people who live there and try, and try and eke out an existence there and try and make their lives as normal as possible. Um, but under the circumstances, that's, that's really difficult, as you would have seen from, from our portrayal. Um, so, yeah, it's very, much, it's very much about a people and a place, and it's a portrait of, of same, you know. 
you say, you say you say ordinary people. I mean, I think that's one of your one of the one of the many things that your film does so well. I think is, I mean, this. You know, I guess you could sort of ask the question, why do you have to humanize others? But I mean, in this world that we live in, it seems, you know, we live in a fairly divided world. A lot of misunderstandings, a lot of uh, people don't 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 have a sense for what really goes uh, goes on in, you know, those places or or that other part of the world or in this case, the Middle East. I think you've really humanized the Middle East in a way that I would think a lot of viewers may not have that understanding going in. They might on the surface have that. If somebody asked you, you know, some specific questions about it, you might say, oh yeah, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. But really when you drill down, you guys, you guys portray this in a way that I guess was a little unexpected for me as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And that, and you're right. You know, um, we wanted this to be surprising for people. We want people to sit down and really be sort of taken aback by why haven't we seen anything like this before? What, uh, you know, this is regular life. This is people going about the business. This is seeing families. Um, just very, I mean, ordinary stuff on the surface. But, but because it's from a place like Gaza, it feels, um, it feels original and it feels surprising. And, um, and that's, I think, the strength of the film, that we're going beyond these new slashes, you know, which, which in many ways, do a lot to reinforce stereotypes and and really don't promote any sort of understanding and, and, and obviously lack any depth. So the great power of documentary films is, is that ability to have depth and to, to really investigate race and the people in this way. So so we hope that's really what we've achieved through Gaza. What, talk to me, talk to me a little bit about empathy. I mean, I felt like I, it's it's not a place in the world that I've I've ever uh, visited. I've I've traveled a fair bit, but but I haven't been able to to get to this part of the world, and yet I felt as if I was really empathizing here. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? And how was that a was that really intentional on your part, or is that is that sort of a byproduct of the process of making this film? And both of you answer one, yeah, whatever would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's what's lacking in in the world these days. You know, is, is empathy because I think for the most part in these troubled areas, you know, people only get fed a one-dimensional view of what they are, and it's normally from the conflict conflict point of view, or normally it's agenda politically agenda ridden, or it's it's from some perspective anyway to that causes a kind of a dehumanizing process to occur where you you kind of forget about the normal people that, that live behind all of this bad politics and, and trouble and, and you somehow get desensitized to, to the violence because you see it so regularly and see it so often and you just it tends to normalize a really abnormal situation. So I think what we were striving to do and what was very important and what we, we tried to do was to Im, Im, embed ourselves with the ordinary people of Gaza and in doing so try and gain back some, some empathy that people should have for ordinary people. And that's not only Gaza, it's, you know, can be anywhere in the world that's, that's undergoing, undergoing the, the kind of things that the people in Gaza have to, have to endure day in, day out. So I think empathy is a hugely important thing for people to, to have for, for other people on this planet. And I think that's one thing that's lacking 
hugely in regard to the poor forgotten souls in Gaza who, for the most part, we feel have been abandoned by the mm. international community and forgotten about. And it's just, it's a terrible tragedy when two million people can be just forgotten about and nobody gets to hear their side of the story and nobody gets to see what this, you know, horrible situation is doing to them. I, I love the the way that you both in this film have captured the 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 mystery and the the wonder the playfulness of 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 these of these people of the of the stories that you follow the the you know the young woman and the cello the surfing the oh I gotta say by the way the I think it's the taxi driver who pulls over for a coffee on the beach that's that's got to be my favorite coffee shop uh, ever I uh, I, w- I want to have a cup of coffee there we should be doing the interview there yeah that'd be nice I'd love to I'd love to be back there um, to him and drink coffee you know? there's something there's just something so. So I mean, it's it's juxtaposition. Obviously, it's but this is the way it really is. This isn't just the magic of editing here. This is what's happening uh, on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's a piece of huge contradictions because when you first go to Gaza, you know you're you're really struck by how welcoming the people are, which is quite a shock because um, you expect to find this place sort of in rubble and right. you imagine that, that the locals wouldn't be that hospitable to outsiders but um, in actual fact they're incredibly welcoming incredibly funny and vibrant people and when there isn't conflict which is most of the time you know they're just trying to live out as normal a life as possible and and they do that with great um, grace and humour mm. which which is really something special to see and and we wanted to portray that as much as possible and so that's where you see wonderful characters like the taxi driver who, who you know is just a really charming charming individual who seems to know everyone in Gaza and and everyone uh, like our, our cello player and our little boy Ahmed the fisher boy you know they all have these really they're trying to lead normal lives but, but most abnormal of circumstances Somebody in the film said, and I don't remember who it was, it might have been Muhammad, I'm not sure, but the quote was, everybody knows that Gaza is in complete darkness. Do you guys as filmmakers and advocates, and I guess you could you know, argue journalists, I suppose, to some degree in this respect, do you agree with that? I mean, or, or did you come away, or do you, do you watch this film now with more hopeful eyes or, or more cynical eyes? Very, very difficult to be hopeful uh, when you see the, the the escalating downward escalation of, of events in that part of the world. You know, I mean, it's it's just frighteningly. Um, it's frightening for us now, having having a, a an extended Gaza family, because we got to know mm. so many people over the five years we visited, and it's it's just it's excruciating to watch events unfold on a weekly basis, and none of which really give you any sense of hope that the people are going to be offered any sort of freedoms that us other people in the world enjoy and take for granted. So it's, 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 look, there's, we, we, we always, the people themselves always try to, to instill a little bit of hope in their lives. They have to for their kids and their children and their wives and their families, their extended families, because what do you do? How do you, how do you get up in the morning, every morning faced with that? 
and, and try and, you know, eke out any sort of normality when you know what what's after occurring or what's just about to occur. Um, one of the individuals, it's not a quote in the, in the film, but one of the individuals remember saying to us, you know, there's three phases to our lives in Gaza. We're either preparing for war, in war, or mopping up after war. And, and that's, that's a horrible mm. thing to think about that any race of people, any, any you know, community people would, would have that three, three horrible cycles in their lives. But it is, it is the truth when you're there. I mean, the place is, is wrecked and, and falling down. And yet you do have people getting up in the morning and putting a smile on their face and trying to create a facade, at least, of, of normality for their, for their children and for themselves to, 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 to be able to get up in the morning. So it's, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to say we're hopeful, but it's, it's, it's very hard to say so, unfortunately. The, um, you, you got to wonder about, I mean, I, yeah, I don't certainly don't deny it. That's for sure. And yet there's something about the human spirit, isn't there that you, we, we, I mean, we bend towards, um, I don't want to polarize here, but, but it seems that we do in time when times get difficult, you know, at least some of us, and I, I'm, I'm smiling when I say this, cause I'm not sure I would be one of those people, but you know, this rolling up of our sleeves and, and trying to make, to make the best out of this pretty horrific situation. I mean, I can't, deny and i'm sure you guys had conversations about the irony of this the invisible border as somebody talked about it in the film the sea being the invisible border and yet this is what provides some some livelihood food opportunities for people to gather around have a coffee by surf on play in etc there's something profoundly both tragic and mysterious and beautiful about it at the same time certainly between two we visited in 2015 and actually the we focused a lot more on the sea in the initial kind of stages of filming and 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 character choices and all of that and and the way we filmed because the sea was such a, is such an important part of of, of Gazan's life and we, you know they see it as their oxygen source of oxygen sure. they bring their families down they sit around they they bathe they watch the sun rise and set unfortunately though when we went back in 2018 to film because of the, the the electricity shortages, because all of the, the, the sewage plants or treatment plants had closed down, and because the sewage system was basically you know breaking up or, or, or around the entire strip, then the, the sea has become a little bit of a sewer now, and people mm-hmm. have stopped going, people have stopped swimming, and people have stopped using it for recreation, and it's it's a huge, huge, huge loss for the people in Gaza not to have that resource and be able to use it, and it's it's a huge metaphor for the, the entire place and what's happening to the place really that they're one outlet they're one source of you know breath that they have they're one sense of freedom even though it's not but they still can see their horizon and sometimes even without a gunboat sitting on it patrolling and mm. when that is taken away from an entire population of people you kind of think is that the last straw really you know is that is that it is there nothing left really to 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 give them that sense of freedom and hope and it's, it's just it's 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 horribly sad really that whole element is i mean guys i don't want you don't misunderstand the question here and it, it sounds really simple on a certain level but i mean you know the the line and, and this is a thread throughout the sea the 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 juxtaposition of you know between the cello and the music and, and the young woman and the, and the, and her hope and desire for the future and it just comes out in so many ways and then the tragedy on the other but is does this is this a political problem I mean somebody says in the film near the end of the film we want to live and and that's what people need to know well I I feel like 
I can say on the surface, yeah, I know you guys want to live, but I mean, how do, how do we, how do we communicate this, you know, to the world, to the international community to say, uh, there's way more going on here than meets the eye, or is it, is it, is it really easy just to wash our hands of, of the Middle East? Does, does any of that make sense? I'm, I'm almost frustrated by my own question because it seems so simple on one level and yet kind of comprehensive on another, if that makes sense. No, no, it's, a, it's an excellent point. And it seems that everyone has washed their hands in the Middle East. It seems, well, especially the Palestinian situation, because there is no attempt now to try and solve this from the international community. It, it, you get the feeling that this has just proved too difficult for everybody. Right. And um, they've abandoned any sort of attempts to even begin the peace process. I mean, a lot of the blame must lie with the intransigence of Israel and America's um, participation in that. And now America, I mean, there's no more illusions in terms of where their support lies. Um, they don't even pay lip service to the idea of a peace process, you know, in Israel. So, um, with the current administration in America, uh, that situation is not going to improve. Um, there is, I mean, blind support there for the current status quo within Israel. Um, the international community, Europe, um, hasn't got the heart to, to really take us on again. So the way Israel, Israeli society has gone, it's moved so much to the right that um, the Palestinians are rarely mentioned in any discussions. So I think looking moving forward, um, I think there's very, very little reason for hope that, that any sort of negotiation is going to even begin anytime soon. So uh, yeah, it's extremely uh, bleak outlook. Are, are you guys hoping that that your film can be a catalyst for that kind of change that that is is there you know is is that the is that the perfect world for you is that the hope so universe in the sense that it you know there's a there's a groundswell that is created as a result of a a, a more nuanced or, or or you know intimate conversation about the issue i think we seven under are old enough and wise enough now not to be naive enough to think that you know our film is going to is going to have it's going to make the difference and change everything. But, you know, it's, I, I think what it, what I hope it does is communicate to audiences the need for participation at whatever level you can. Mm. You can. Uh, this is our only way of doing it. This is all we do. I mean, we're not activists. We're not politicians. We're not, you know, we're, this, this is what we can do. This is how we can apply our voice and, and put our cards on the table and say, come on, guys, everybody needs to start thinking that there's real people behind this. This isn't a political, this isn't, you know, a byline in a page seven of a newspaper or a right. second, you know, a, you know, a, a news item that lasts 30 seconds and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's another gun battle or another feud or, you know, it's real people involved in this and real society's been tortured on a daily basis. And all we can do is kind of get the message out there, show it to as many people as we can, have conversations like we're having with you, talk to audiences, speak of it, you know, raise awareness of it, uh, you know, join other people who want to, to create a voice, but it's it's you know, it's it's like the doctors who snort Horton hears a who. Like it, right. how, how, how many people do you need to, to to have screaming before anybody before the voice actually gets through that bubble of 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 I don't know lack of lack of I don't I, I I'm lost for words sometimes you know because right. it's, 
it's it's so deep and it's so convoluted and it's so complex that you know we try we talk to anybody who wants to talk to us about this film and we you know we show it wherever anybody wants to screen it to whoever wants to watch it and you know but it's still frustrating to think that that there's so little change happening on the actual ground that that the people who really can make a difference the politicians and the, the leaders of the free world you know that they aren't actually prioritizing the likes of Gaza and and putting it very high on their agenda and saying look at enough is enough these people live in what amounts to a, an open prison they're blocked in the blockade isn't working they're not allowed to travel they can't see their families you know essential medicines are being are being you know aren't coming into the strip to, to treat people cancer patients are dying that frightened center because there's there's no cancer treatment and they're not allowed in or out I mean it's I could I could you could keep ranting on mm-hmm. for, for minutes about the level and the amount of problems that these people have to endure because of a political system that's 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 not been you know held accountable for for this you know inhuman behavior so i i, I don't know yes well, i know what- we sound Incredibly pessimistic sometimes. Yes, but, I mean, yeah, it's more no, it's, realistic. I to- totally get it, and you've you've lived it. It sounds like you've been you've been shooting for what three three four years. About four, four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About four years. Yeah, I don't know how you can't be somewhat cynical. I mean, I'd like to think you guys have a, a few yeah. sparks of hope left in you uh, with respect to oh, some of, course, of this stuff. Of but, course, and we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have done what we. Fair what we point. Without, yeah. without trying to maintain that and hope that someday we we'll, we we'll live to see, you know, our friends and. and you know, out there, enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. You know, what do you say? I, I, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit more about about how how this became a film for you guys. You know, the catalyst. Where did this conversation start? Because that, to me, is a fascinating story as well. Just to know how you were drawn in uh, to to the dialogue enough for you to buy those first plane tickets and and and, and grab the camera and go. I'd love to talk about that in a second. But is this just to riff a little bit off that political issue and and that sort of cynical side? Is this about Hamas? Does can 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 you be that? Um, sort of simply um hmm, can you do that simple of an analysis or uh and i guess i'm trying to get to trying to encourage people not to wash their hands of this part of the middle east if that makes sense no it's uh, it's too simplistic to say it's just about hamas um you know if you look at the west bank where hamas doesn't govern um they're also really really struggling in the West Bank. Palestinians there are still continue to lose their homes every day um, mm-hmm. or moved off land. Um, settlements continue to expand. There's nothing there to suggest that, um, you know, this is purely just a problem with Hamas. Um, uh, it's much wider than that. Hamas itself is quite a weak organization. They, mm. they're um, certainly struggling at the moment. They, they, they've lost a lot of support over the years in Gaza. Um, they're struggling to maintain order there and, and even pay their own people. Uh, they do, yes, fire missiles at Israel. This is true. Um, but the retaliation is, is really disproportionate. And, right. and the, the rockets that they do fire are sort of rudimentary for the most part. Um, you do get the feeling that they're used, really, they're blamed every time for right. 
for the, even for the blockade itself, you know, this is all Hamas's fault that they have to be, they have to have this blockade. Um, so it's, it's a very simple way also to sort of just lay the whole blame for everything. And but that doesn't really scratch the surface of, of the wider um, conflict and why it's so um, sort of stuck where it is and there hasn't been movement in all these years and it's it's much more than, than just a mass so yeah i mean again this is deep into the politics yeah of the absolutely well, but and you know, you know what? There, there's, there's, and and as I'm listening to you speak about this, uh, I, I just, I just think about whatever, whatever the real issue is or issues are, obviously, and it's complicated and it's nuanced and it goes back years and et cetera. And we've got all kinds of of things that would have to be, you know, brought to the table in in very various tables and in different ways. What about the human rights? aspect of it what about the fact that people don't have electricity and aren't getting the food that they need and people are are, are, are going to jail for 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 debt for 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 you know the, the 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 i mean that 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 story in itself that you guys tease out is just is crazy to me the as you say the disproportionate sort of response i mean some of this stuff uh, we we don't seem to talk about as much in the media it seems to me and so anyway just as as i'm i mean i and I didn't ask the question as if there was some sort of simple answer there, but but I do wonder sometimes how we polarize these issues, just not in the hope that they'll go away, but almost. Well, but I think I think uh, you know regimes tend to tend to use any opportunity to justify their actions, and Hamas is a convenient tool to do that. You know, sure. I mean, it's very for a legitimate government to turn around and, and call an organization a terrorist organization. And I'm not saying they are or they aren't. I'm just saying it's convenient to be able to say that and, and use that as an excuse to, to not involve themselves in discussions or negotiations to try and better the situation or come, come to some sort of a resolution. I mean, we had it in our own country for years in Northern Ireland. And it took Absolutely. you know very brave, very brave people on, on all sides of the, 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 the world to come together and to sit down with the people that they considered terrorists as well and to talk it out, and now, you know, thankfully we've, we've peace in, in Northern Ireland, there's certainly some level of it, or a lot, a lot more than we used to. So it's, 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 it's incumbent on anybody, if they want to change a situation, and if they want to correct the situation, there are means, and ways and means to do that. There is absolutely, you know, history, history has proven that over and over again, that if people sit around, all the parties involved in, in a situation, no matter how bad, if they sit around, and they try and trash out a compromise, and there's a will, to want to change mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. it could be changed in the morning. It absolutely could be changed in the morning, you know. Yeah. So that's well, that's the frightening, thing, and that's the bad politics that's going on at the moment that that causing such a traumatic, you know, effect on these people's lives. You know? Would Would you say that? And I've forgotten the taxi driver's name. Is it? Did Ahmed? Ahmed, thank you. He said, um, "Doesn't he say most of us, most of the people here, um, are, are ordinary like me, and that they want peace, essentially?" Yeah. 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 Would you guys agree with that? That's, I mean, you included in the film, so of I'm course, assuming you would. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. We, we, you know, we purposely stayed away from extremes, the extremists of any sort, mm. but, but we met so many, thousands of ordinary people in Gaza, and not one of them just didn't cry out for the same thing. They wanted peace. They wanted to have a normal, normal life. They weren't extremists. They weren't activists. They weren't racist. They weren't, they weren't even, they weren't even particularly bad-mouthing Israel yeah. to some degree. They were just, crying out for somebody to come and help them out and to, to 
could let them raise their families we, and have food on the table. You know, we, simple we, stuff. We, simple stuff. Yeah, we want we want to live. Least, you know, we want to live. That's what people need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, and sadly, we're, we're getting close to the end of the interview, unfortunately, and you guys are heading off to your opening night at, at Hot Docs, but tell me a little bit about how you stepped in. I mean, obviously, your, your history, uh, uh, Irish history, has probably played a role, but, but t- tell me a little bit more about uh, how you found yourself uh, in, in Gaza making the film. Well, uh, it was myself who first went there in 2010. I had read a story about a group of surfers in the Gaza Strip. And that just grabbed me immediately. I thought this was um, an incredible story that people were surfing in Gaza. Um, right. Being a surfer myself, I grew up surfing on the west coast of Ireland. I, uh, an, an added bonus, you know. That, but it was the. So let me get this that, straight: you have surfing in Ireland, and you have you too. Is that? We have fantastic <laughs> surfing in Ireland, man. Right. Get some big waves now. In winter, coming off the Atlantic. That's that's awesome. So yeah, so so the article on surfing that that grabbed you, and then from there you go to where? From there, I I entered Gaza um, late 2010, and again in the spring of 2011, mm-hmm. and I completed a photo project, a photo story on the, this group of surfers, and that was really well received. It was published widely around the world, and people. Just as reacted, just as I had done, you know, they were really surprised, and, uh, and you know, it was one of those rare things—a positive story out of a place like that. Right. Um, and then the following year, 2012, uh, Gary and I met each other, and Gary approached me about a, a documentary he was hoping to make on Irish photographers working around the world. And oh, cool! Yeah, he asked me where I was working, and uh, he had the idea to follow me as I worked and and so that's how we came together we talked about that for a while that documentary didn't work out in the end but um but we continued to talk about Gaza and Gary was very interested in the place as well and yeah we uh eventually we began filming 2014 and finished in 2018. Gary did you think looking back now did you think that that the Middle East that Gaza was going to have this kind of an impact on you? Did you did you think you were going to be at Hot Docs uh, opening night tonight? Is that is that a, are you that intentional as a filmmaker and as a storyteller? I'd like to think so. Yeah, I think Gaza became Gaza became Gaza became something that both of us just could not let go of. You know, right, once we once right. we pressed the button to go, I don't care if it took ten years or fifteen years or two, whatever it took, we were we weren't going to let mm. it go. You know what I mean? And it was a really hard struggle to be honest. I mean, we we fought. So many, so many doors were buying closing us once we mentioned Gaza. You know, invis- invisible, invisible reasons why people would engage with us initially and then just stop talking to us, and we never knew why. You know, I mean, it was really difficult to fund this film, but we, we were going to leave no stone unturned to make sure that, you know, we were going to get a film out there. Um, we're just so happy that we managed to get the one we did because there were so many times over that four-year period where. Regardless of, of losing hope for the situation, guys, we were losing hope for making the film and getting it finished because, you know, unfortunately for us, in, and unfortunately for it's 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 across the board that, you know, there are an awful lot of people out there that that agree with, you know, the Israeli position and 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 policies and 
an awful lot of those people have an influence in the in the, mm. in the film world too and there was no way they were going to get involved in any film that was called Gaza or about Gaza or questioning the situation in Gaza. So it's been a long, a long, hard struggle, to be honest, to, to get to where we are now. But we never, ever, ever for a second, and I mean that for a second, um, you know, thought that we weren't going to make it a, a film. We're just so happy we made this film, you know, so. Maybe we can... Um um, sort of wrap it up. I'd love to just chat as we close off here. And um, the, the the rap artist that you guys you guys uh, visit and and and, ta- and you know introduce us to in the film is I'm just so glad you you included that that part of the story. But I'm pretty sure he says I think either in one of the interviews, one of the um, voiceovers that you know thoughts and words you know are always stronger than bullets. And and I mean I'd like to think you know, film uh, has the same power, uh, as, as well. And I mean, I, I think I, part of the reason I asked you about your story, about how you guys got involved is cause I, I think it's a real, um, hmm, it's a real call to action, you know, for others too, I believe. And I've, I've been working in this kind of, not just this podcasting world for a while, but in international development and public engagement, how do you get people to care? How do you get people to listen? It's really a challenge, but I think, you got to step into the conversation and, and, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you guys did. Um, t- tonight is the Canadian premiere. Um, so, so you've shown the film elsewhere. How has it been received? We had an unbelievable time in hot dogs. We premiered world premiere in hot dogs. And we had, sorry, Sundance, I'm in hot dogs now. <laughs> sorry for the confusion there. Yeah, we, we premiered in Sundance and had six amazing screenings back to back, one every day for six days and showed to over 2,500 people, wow. uh, audience and had some amazing questions and answers and discussions that went well beyond our time limits and well beyond the, the end of the film. And we we really came away from that thinking, actually, we have created a conversation. We have sparked something. We have, there are 2,500 people on this planet now that have watched <laughs> the film and have, have, have maybe a different perspective and maybe will be mobilized to, to get up and do something within their own scope and try and make a change. Um, so it, that's heartening. And, it's, and, and the same here in Hot Talks, we're really looking forward to the three screenings here, the first of which is happening quite soon, I think. And um, we're really looking forward to that. And we're, we're, we're just delighted that people are taking the time to come and sit and watch the film and talk to us afterwards. And that's all we can hope for, really, to keep doing that for as long as we can. That's uh, that's amazing. Well, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out uh, 35 minutes before your, your Canadian premiere chatting with me today here. We've been talking with Gary Keane and Andrew McConnell about their new film, Gaza, premiering at Hot Docs. Uh, guys, you can check out more about the film too. Uh, GazaDocumentary.com is the website, is it not? Yeah, GazaDocumentary.com, yeah. Great. Well, th- thanks so much for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. Wish you well with the film. It's it's the kind of movie that, that, that everyone needs to see. And again, congratulations. Thanks, David. Thank much appreciate it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.